And so I started, you know, consulting. I found a way that I could help people through what I already knew in business. And that's been like a great journey for me through my consulting group. But uh, I also started helping people through my podcast and having conversations every week and, you know, a little 10 minute real talk with Roman. And so when you ask, you know, where am I going? I'm hoping for those things to continue to grow for me to continue to grow as an individual, because that directly correlates to my consulting, to my podcast, to my parenting, to all of that. So, you know, where I'm going is, is on a road of growth. And I hope that I take as many people with me as I can. Today, we get to speak with Roman Roberts. He's a former foster child who grew up in various homes throughout Texas. At 18, Roman joined the army where he became an interrogator, deployed multiple times, and had the honor of supporting special operations groups from around the world. Roman transitioned from the military after an exciting and honorable career, but had traumas from the foster care and the military that he had not fully addressed. These traumas led to various issues that almost cost Roman his marriage and his life. After realizing that this is not what he wanted to become, Roman began the process of discovering his identity through journaling, religion, and having honest communication with himself and those around him. Roman now helps businesses be elite in their interactions inside and outside of their companies by assisting in communication, business strategy, process management, and more. Let's listen into this conversation as we discover more about Roman. Thank you for tuning in to Hacks and Hobbies with your host, Junaid. We're visited by our amazing guests coming from all walks of life. Want to learn their story, their struggles, and their journey on how they got to where they are today. So stick around. Hey, Roman, thanks so much for coming on to the podcast. I'm pumped, man. I cannot wait to do this. Fantastic. So, Roman, tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got started where you're going and let's get let's get the you know show rolling yeah so i mean you know i love that question because like where are you going right like not a lot of not not a lot of people ask that question so i love that but um you know i grew up in foster care i like to say i grew up in some less than ideal homes you know i had some Mm -hmm. great homes and some abusive homes um i wanted community i wanted family i wanted belonging so i jumped into the military as quick as i could and mm. jumped into interrogation, became a military interrogator, did that for eight years, six years active duty, then two years as a contractor. And it was just a wild, wild ride. You know, I got to work with special operations. I got to see some of the, the best and the greatest in, in the world at the job. And, you know, it just, it taught me so much, but I had trauma on top of trauma. So I came home and transitioned and didn't really know who I wanted to be, what my identity was, because I was constantly being what people wanted. And so that drove me to, you know, down some pretty dark paths, uh, almost committed suicide, stepped out of my marriage. Like it was was a really bad time. We ended up working through it. And, uh, you know, I found myself, my identity and my identities and helping people. And I enjoy that. And I want that to be a part of me, no matter what I do, I want to pass it on to my son as well. And so I started, you know, consulting, I found a way that I could help people through what I already knew in business. And that's been like a great journey for me through my consulting Mm -hmm. group. But uh, I also started helping people through my podcast and having conversations every week and, you know, a little 10 minute real talk with Roman. And so 
when you ask, you know, where am I going? I'm hoping for those things to continue to grow for me to continue to grow as an individual, because that directly correlates to my consulting, to my podcast, to my parenting, to all of that. So, you know, where I'm going is, is on a road of growth. And I hope that I take as many people with me as I can. That's fantastic. You know, helping others is, is something that I've also alluded to, not just alluded to, but find a lot, a lot of joy in because you're able to show people what's possible. Because a lot of times you have, like, for example, you know, they say we have, I have a writer's block. I can't write or having a creative block or it's just that you are so overwhelmed that you create a block for yourself. So having an outsider's perspective and being able to being told that, hey, it's possible and this is how you do it. Let's walk you through it. It's 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 such a pleasure to be able to do that. Yeah, that's the biggest thing for me, like from foster care, right? You know, a lot of people kind of count foster kids out, right? The statistics are, you know, they'll move seven times in two years. You know, we know that moving is traumatic on foster kids. Then you add into that, that majority of them are 50% more likely to end up in prison, on drugs, things like that. And then you add in that the rate for a degree is usually about 1% of what actually graduates from high school, mm -hmm. right? So then you get into like masters and things like that, numbers get even smaller. So for me, yeah, man, those self-limiting beliefs, they just kill me when people think that or when they hear other people saying that. I mean, we, we've really got to change the conversation around all of that to be, you know, I, I believe in whatever it is you believe, right? Like there's enough space for everybody, you know, like you're yeah. a podcaster, I'm a podcaster, you know, like there, there's space for everybody and you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea, but hell, when you break down the math, you know, there's what, 4 million people in the U.S. alone. So if, if you're just a U.S. person, which I am, I'm in Texas, right? So when you do that, like if 1% of the world gets value from me or I can help 1%, that's still like 4 million people or like, yeah, 4 million people, like the number's crazy. So when you really yeah. break down the math and then you get even smaller, like niches and stuff like that, like mm -hmm. there's space for everybody. And there's people that need to hear your story, your voice. And I think for me, that was one of the biggest things. Like I did when I was going through my healing journey, I was kind of afraid to tell my story um, yeah. and I didn't really want to. And then I was on Heather Parody's podcast, first podcast I'd ever been on. And she, at the end of it was like, you have an amazing story. You should tell your story. Have you ever thought of doing a podcast? And, you know, I just kind of laughed it off, but you know, I'm so glad I listened to her. I'm so glad, you know, I didn't let those limiting beliefs stop me or, you know, mm -hmm. the fact that people saying, Hey, you know, you're a foster kid like that, you know, you're, you're not going to achieve as much or you can't do as much. Right. Because had I done that or, Hey, you're a guy who cheated on your wife or, Hey, you're a person who almost committed suicide. Right. Like if mm -hmm. I believe any of those individual things, like that's it, that's game over. I'm done. Right. But if exactly. I say those are all chapters, those are all things that I did mistakes or lessons that I learned from, then, then that pushes me to the next chapter. And then I can say, Hey, for you out there, who's having trouble communicating for your wife, for you out there who's having trouble communicating in your business, for you out there who thinks it's all falling apart because you can't communicate with yourself. Like, let me tell you what I did and let me tell you what I went through. Like, I may not be the only person or I'm not writing the book on how to, well, I guess I am. I am writing a book on communication, but, but, but I'm not the only person doing that. So, exactly. but hopefully I can resonate with someone who needs that and they can hear it in a way that resonates for them. No, you're absolutely right. CV. We're all in this world 
and we occupy a space which means that we belong right so just thinking that we don't belong is a falsehood in itself yeah how can you be like hey there's nobody in the mirror while you're standing in front of the mirror <laughs> yeah, right? exactly you're right there so and i love it i love it man that's that's really really nice way to put it so tell us a, so you already told us the you know your version of your journey but what's what's some of the stories that you haven't told yet yeah, that's, you know, it's funny because I, I was actually talking about this the other day because I've been doing podcasts and being a guest on different people's show and your story kind of becomes the same as you do it. And you kind of tell the same type of things. And so again, like another super interesting question, right? Because a lot of the time I get driven towards communication or to talk about foster care. And, you know, I think the story that I don't really tell as much is my relationship right? Like about mm. me and my wife and, and it's all interconnected, right? Like to say that one piece exists without the other would be totally false, right? Because exactly. where my relationship has gotten to would not have happened had I not had the traumas that I went through in foster care or had I not even been in foster care, right? Like if you can take it back another level, the actions wouldn't have happened to get me on the path to even meet my wife, right? So, mm -hmm. so like, and you can call it fate, you can call it divine intervention, you can call it whatever you want to call it, but there are certain things that you, as bad as it sounds, you have zero control over. And I think that's exactly. the biggest thing is people have to realize, like, I can control these things and there are other things I can't. And one of the critical places for that is a relationship, right? Because for me, I started my marriage living under this belief of happy wife, happy life. And it's just not true. Like, the, the, the better phrase, and I was actually on a podcast the other day and we were talking mm -hmm. about it. And her phrase is happy spouse, happy house. And, and that's a little more true because it's both spouses collectively focusing on their happiness that then creates a happy home, right? Like home yeah. is where the heart is, home is where your family, like all those different home and happiness quotes that we hear, they exist because people were living in homes that were existing inside of happiness, that there was a certain feeling of love, right? Like why during the Christmas time can you equate certain feelings of whether it's happiness or sadness based on mm -hmm. whatever your personal experience is, right? You smell apple cider and you, you think of grandma, right? Or, or whatever it is. It's because somebody took the time to work inside of that relationship. And yeah. for me doing communication and doing all these different things, it's funny because, you know, people will say, oh, you must be so great at communicating. And yes, I know all the tricks. I know all the tips, but there's still times in my relationship where my wife is like, yeah, you know, all this stuff, but you're not communicating with me right now. Or, Hey, like, what are you doing? You're getting frustrated, you know, and you're, you're not saying anything what's happening. Right? Yeah. Because we all revert back to those people that we were or those easy quote unquote, easy habits that we know, or that we have. And so for me, you know, I don't talk a lot about my relationship, not because I don't want to, just because it doesn't ever really come up um, right. outside of kind of glancing through into the other topics. And I think outside of communication, I think really and truly, relationships are important, whether it's with your spouse or with your friends or whoever it is, and it ties into communication, but we have to truly evaluate our relationships. You know, I saw this thing on Instagram today and it was this uncle, uh, you know, giving this guy grief who's coming in to date his niece for like the first time kind of thing. And, you know, I looked at that and I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, man, you know, whether it was a niece or a nephew, like I, like, 
I'm going to do that to the girl that my nephews bring home. Now, maybe not as aggressive or anything like that, but I think for all of us, we're trying to build empires. We're trying to build legacies to, to some degree, whatever that is, right? Whatever it is yeah. for you, whether it's a million dollars or large family or whatever it is, you're building some form of legacy. And in doing that, like you have to realize like it wasn't just, you know, a, a, a guy that built an empire guys and girls have built empires for millennia, right? Like it's been, it's been a collective. And so I think we, we need more accountability inside of our relationships to say, Hey, these are good people that I'm bringing into my tribe, bringing into mm -hmm. my family, bringing into my life. And Hey, these are toxic people. I need to pull them out, whether it's your family or your friends or whoever it is. And, exactly. and I think that's, that's hard for people. It's a hard pill to swallow because it, you know, well, this has been my friend since high school. Well, have you gotten where you wanted to be since high school? You know, yeah. like, are they getting you there or are they holding you back? Is the person exactly. you're with helping you achieve those goals or hurting it, you know? And, and I think that's something that we all need to think about. And I had to think about that in my relationship and realize, like, was I stepping out of my marriage and being a bad person because my wife was a bad person? Or was I in a bad place, right? And I was in a bad place. And it doesn't justify mm -hmm. my actions. Like nothing will justify right. the actions that I did. But it allowed me to begin the journey of healing. And then it allowed her to begin her own journey of healing, which allowed her to address things in her life. And then both of us came together in a better, more healthy way. And I think we start these relationships and we say, we're going to take these two broken people and we're going to come together and we're going to build this amazing thing. And mm -hmm. then we realize partway through like, oh man, we got to fix like the foundation first, right? Like, it's like you buy a crappy house and then you're like, but I'm going to make it into the Taj Mahal. Well, you can, it just you takes can. time. It takes work. And, and yeah. that's the thing I found in my relationship. And that it stands true for business or anything else, right? Like Absolutely. nothing good is easy. And so it's kind of a topic I don't really talk about a lot, but I'm kind of, kind of glad I got to bring it up here. No, that's, that's really, you know, brave of you to talk about it because as people who are married, you know, it's, it's on top of mind. It's, it's something that everybody who's married is thinking about because guess what? You're living with another person. And the more you do, the more, um, you know, the more things you're going to figure out about them and the more things that's going to annoy you. So it's, it's easy to, you know, ignore it, but then it's even it creates a more special bond when you address those situations and say, Hey, how can we work together to cover each other's faults? Because guess what? Not the reason the two people that come together is because, you know, they say opposites are cracked. So I'm going to be good in one thing and she's going to be good on another thing. So we complement each other. So it's a complex, you know, it, it makes that balance happen. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's funny you say that because we, so prior to all this COVID stuff, we went through, you know, our affair and then we had like, we weren't supposed to be able to have a son and then we had a son and all of these different things. And then some bouts of unemployment and all of this together. And truthfully, you know, it made us kind of stronger for when we went into COVID. Like people were like, how come you're not how come you guys aren't really freaking out? How come you guys aren't really this? And, you know, religion's a part of it. Like we had our faith and all of that, but also we were just like, we've been through a lot worse together. We've been through other things together. And so we just kind of adapted to what was 
what we already knew because we had that foundation there. And I think that's, Mm -hmm. that's any relationship, right? When you're building those foundations and putting those time in, you know, I, I treat it, I think of it like a bank, right? Like you put, you don't put money in the bank for the good days. You put money in the bank for the bad days, right? Like, and so that's kind of the way a relationship is. That's awesome. And so tell me some of the things that are keeping you motivated and moving forward. And you did mention that you, you want to keep growing, you want to keep helping and bringing people along with you. So what are, what keeps you more motivated, like on a day-to-day basis? Yeah. Ooh, I like that. That's good. So I have my own personal habits, right? Like my own daily ritual, you know, I, I run, I eat a clove of garlic. It's super weird. Mm. Right. But I do that for my health and because it tastes like super harsh. And so it like jolts me. And, you know, I think that's kind of life, right? Like you have sweet and you have like little, sometimes you have to do some things that you don't like to do to mm-hmm. get to the places you want to be. And I think it's kind of a little yeah. bit of a reminder for me in doing that. Um, and obviously, you know, my family is my biggest motivation. Like I'm, I'm doing this to build something for, for my son, for, mm-hmm. you know, his family and things like that. And that mindset, but truthfully, you know, it, it's been a weird year for everyone, right? Like, and, and for me, I started like doing this podcast and I started collaborating with people and I started, you know, meeting all these amazing people doing amazing things and jumping into things that I'd never jumped into before, you know, getting booked into virtual conferences and, um, you know, I love to grill. So I connected Mm -hmm. with this lady and her name's Kelly Maxwell. She has a podcast campfire hour and, you know, we did an episode together and her big thing is collaboration over competition and she's making a coffee. And then she was like, Hey, you know, I kind of want to develop a coffee meat rub, but I don't really know much about it. You want to help me out? So I started developing a meat rub with her, right? And so like in 2020, <laughs> I developed like this this meat rub, this coffee rub for, for meats. And uh, it was super random, but like that's, honestly, that's what motivates me is getting to jump mm. onto these crazy limbs and do these things that, you know, wouldn't even be possible. And honestly, had I committed suicide that day, it would never even happen, right? Yeah. And, and you think it's something small, right? Like, oh yeah. You made a meat rub. Like, what's the real impact of that? Well, have you ever sat down and grilled with your family? Well, that's the mm-hmm. impact of it, right? Like, you associate good times to to grilling. If you ever do that, well, that could potentially be because that meat rub, right? Like, and and that's an oversimplification or maybe like an over exaggeration of how mm-hmm. great the meat rub is. But but the general concept still stands. And I think to me, Absolutely. that's what it is. It's just chasing after these things, jumping into these new things, and saying. Hey, I don't know if I'm going to rock it, but I'm damn sure going to try and we're going to see what happens. And, and it's been just one roller coaster after another. And it's been kind of amazing. And I have like my own list of dream goals of places I want to mm-hmm. be and things I want to achieve. Right. Yeah. But just, I, I, I won't say that I say yes to everything, but I definitely jump into some of the things that are completely outside of my wheelhouse. Like, Two years ago, I wouldn't have said yes to being on a podcast and I jumped on mm-hmm. one with Heather Parody, right? A year ago, I would never thought that I've worked with somebody to create a meat rub, right? Like, and so that's what I hope. Like every year I have something that's like at least one thing that I'm like, yeah, I never would have thought I did that, but oh, hey, I just did that. That's really awesome. You know, what What really shows me when you jump into something new like that, it creates that uncertainty into your mind and excitement and curiosity it wakes up the engine in, in our mind that really gets our creative juices flowing and, you know, pumping those uh, endorphins and whatnot because it creates that new 
kind of bond, right? You're creating a brand new bond. And like some of the best relationships that are built are with common interests, right? Common interests, interests like watching a movie together or, you know, consuming an entire era of Star Wars or Star Trek, you know, it creates that bond between people like, oh, you can like totally relate. Dude, remember that episode four, you know, this happened, they're stuck in the, tr you know, they're stuck in the trash can and whatnot. Yeah. Everybody knows that story and you're immediately connected and you can immediately start talking. And those barriers that we put up on a daily basis when you're talking to somebody new come down because, you know, hey, this guy knows what I'm about because I know what he's into. Yep. Yep. I say it in conversation. And so when I talk conversation with people, I call it creating safe space mm -hmm. um, because there's really three pillars to conversation, right? Planning your conversation, creating safety in conversation and reviewing your conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I go a lot more in detail, but the, the cliff notes of it is definitely that right. And in, in regards to the safety space, it's finding that commonality. And too often we say, well, I don't have anything in common with that person. <laughs> well, that's, that's a cop out. Like that's us being it lazy. Is. That's us saying, I don't want to put the work in to try to do it because truthfully, that's what it is. Whether it's a conversation, a relationship or whatever, like they're not all easy, right? Like you didn't no. find your spouse and just like, they just fell in your lap and said, you're the perfect person for me. And we're just going to do life together. Right? Like that <laughs> for 99% of people that didn't happen. Right? Like there's that mm -hmm. one person who's like, she's been my best friend since we were born or he's been my yeah. best friend. Like, okay. Like maybe not you, but for, for everyone else, you had to put some work in. So, and mm -hmm. I hear it a lot with parents, right? Now that I'm a parent, I hear it a lot when people are like, Oh yeah, I try to hang out with Bob, but he's just so boring. Like I have nothing in common with Bob. And I'm like, well, what did you talk about with Bob? I was like, well, I asked him how his day was and he said it was bad and that was it. And I'm like, well, yeah, no wonder you have nothing in common with Bob. Like, maybe you didn't have a bad day. Yeah. You know, like maybe you should try to find out why did he have a bad day or, you know, what does he do to decompress from a bad day mm. or whatever. Right. And, and we find that when we create that safety, it changes things. That's amazing. Why don't we go a little bit deeper into the three pillars and, you know, so we can share with our audience what these are and, you know, how they relate to like, because I'm sure people have these thoughts in their minds, but they don't have a specific term for it. And then, you know, you've been doing communication for so long, maybe you can give us a tip or two. Yeah, for sure. I love to. Um, for me, like I said, I created, I call it the three pillars, right? And the first piece is planning your conversation. And I love it because right out of the gate, people instantly are like, well, you can't plan every conversation. Like, what about when you go into Starbucks and you order a coffee? Like you didn't plan for that conversation. Okay. Yes, I get it. You didn't, you didn't plan to have that conversation in the sense of this is not one of my large scale conversations, but you know what your desired intent is, right? Like if you're going into Starbucks and you know, you want to be polite and friendly to the barista, like, then, then your approach and the way that you carry on that conversation should mimic that. But the key part of planning your conversation is knowing who you are as a communicator, right? Mm -hmm. It's starting with communicating with yourself. What type of communicator am I? How do I communicate? What are my big issues? Do I constantly look closed off? Do I try to be like, is, is this just my personality? And I need to make sure that I clarify that to people so they don't get the wrong mm -hmm. assumption of me, right? Like all those different things, they're all parts of it, but it only happens when you start planning about you planning your conversation, thinking, what am I trying to do in this conversation? What is my desired outcome? Because just like anything in life, there's a desired outcome. You don't do anything 
just to for no reason right what yep. and even if you're like well i sometimes i sit down well yeah you sit down to relax there's a desired outcome right so so the same thing is true for conversation if you're going into Starbucks, maybe it's the one that you're going to frequent, right? So you want to be on a good relationship with the, barista, the barista so they know your order so you can move faster on a hectic day, right? But but none of that happens if you don't take the time to say, what am I trying to achieve from this? And people go, well, that's manipulating people or using them. No, it's not. It's being realistic. We, we all have a desired outcome. Let's be mm -hmm. realistic about it because then that creates the next pillar, safety in the conversation, right? Because you can now approach that person and say authentically and honestly, this is what I'm trying to do. This is what my desired outcome is. How does this align? How can we be in alignment, right? And you can build that alignment. You can create it. And the other piece I always say with safety is you can you can always ramp up a conversation. It's very hard to ramp a conversation down. So unless, and I also say this, unless you're in the military or the police or anything like that, there's very few instances where you're going into a conversation with the intent of taking safety away, right? Because safety mm. in a conversation can be giving safety, providing it, making a person feel comfortable to talk or yeah. taking it away, right? Making them feel like if they don't tell you what you need to know, that there's some form of danger or insecurity for them, right? For 99% of the people listening, you will never focus on taking safety away. You will always focus on creating safety in the conversation. Absolutely. <laughs> and so- it's really creating that environment, right? And it goes back to knowing the way that you communicate, but then allowing them that space to talk, right? Say, you know, what do you want to talk about? What are your commonalities? And linking those into that conversation, right? Because mm -hmm. if the person is into Star Wars, so perfect example, right? Like Star Wars and Star Trek, not really my thing, right? But mm -hmm. I know the reference that you're talking about and I can yeah. understand the underlying point of, hey, this is, this is a commonality, something that creates a bond. And for you, it might be Star Wars or Star Trek. For me, it might be Home Alone or, you know, the, the League or Game of Thrones or whatever mm. it is, right? So it doesn't mean that I have to like the same thing. I just right. have to understand the same core, right? Like, I'm not a golf fan. I don't like it at all, right? But I understand that it's a sport. I understand that a lot of work, a lot of effort, a lot of intensity goes into it. I understand that there's a passion for the players the same way as I'm passionate about baseball, right? So I can relate to it in that sense. And we have to stop yeah. thinking about a conversation is only when I agree with somebody. Some of the best conversations happen when you don't agree with somebody, but you create a safe place where both of you can exchange those ideas. That's called learning. Exactly. That's called growth, right? Yes. Like, yeah. And, and so when you create that and you give people the freedom and the safety to, to be vulnerable, to talk about whatever they want to talk about, to, to be open and to know that it's, you're not going to look down on them, right? You're, you're checking your body language. So you're not like, oh, this doesn't interest me or, oh, I can't believe you're a Democrat or, oh, you're a Republican, right? Like mm -hmm. catching yourself mm -hmm. in those moments and not yeah. being that yeah. type of person. And then the third piece is reviewing it. Every conversation from the Starbucks barista to the CEO of the company, right? Like if you're having a conversation with them, you should probably be looking at it and going, did I achieve my desired outcome, right? If your goal was to be a dick and you accomplished that and the person felt off guard, then congratulations, you did what you wanted to do, right? Mm -hmm. But if you did that and that's not what you meant, you meant to make them feel comfortable or you wanted to learn one new thing about the person and you didn't learn anything, well, now why did you not? Was it because mm -hmm. you didn't give them a chance to answer? Was it because you dominated the conversation? Was it because you didn't make them feel comfortable to talk to you and they looked noticeably nervous the entire time, 
right? Like yeah. this is obviously condensed oversimplification, but, but truthfully, that's what it is. Just like in sports or anything else in business, it's create a plan, execute the plan, review the plan, right? Like nobody's really, and, and I think that's the other thing. Nobody's really dropping anything completely new. Like the world is no. not revolutionary. We're not creating new wheels or anything like that. Now there are new mic, macro, micro tips to the micro, the macro practices, right? Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all the same. Plan, execute, review. And, you know, I'm just saying it in a different way, but, but it's the same kind of thing. And it's something that most people don't do. The average person will have 30, 10 minute conversations in the course of a day, not including social media interactions. So when you think about it like that, you're having a lot of conversations, but how many of those conversations are truly effective? Like how many did you actually accomplish what you wanted to, right? Mm -hmm. And it can be as simple as, you know, ordering your coffee. Like I said, did you order it and they got it right? They felt happy to be around you. You brightened somebody's day, right? Because a lot of people, that's what they say, especially now, like, I want to make people feel better in these hard times. Well, did you do that? Did you actually effectively communicate that out to somebody? And it sounds so simple, but once you start doing it in those little barista interactions, all of a sudden it starts reflecting in the way that you talk to CEOs. It starts reflecting in the way that you're talking to your potential clients. It starts reflecting in the way that you're talking to your husband or wife. Right. And then you just, then it becomes addictive like anything else gamification, right? Now it becomes fun because I'm learning something. I'm seeing something I'm growing. I'm I'm reviewing myself and I'm going, Ooh, what if I did this? What happens then? Right. Yeah. Beautiful, man. I love it. Thank you so much, man. Plan execute review always simple, three simple pillars of communication as told by roman roberts <laughs> that's right be on the lookout for a book there is a book coming i'm working on a book Sweet, on man, i'm super excited for you writing a book is so much fun oh that was and not the word i thought you were gonna go for there <laughs> no no think about it right you're going through the journey it's it's like Oh, I want this beautiful playground for my for my for my children, right? Took me 25 hours to build it. Right? Yeah. I saw the booklets had 50 steps. I went through step by step, created it, took me 2 weeks, and I was I had to go through it to get to the final destination, the final product, the success product. And that's what it looks like for anything and everything. Like once the book is finalized and finished, you're like, man, that was a ton of fun. I got to do a lot of growth because, you know, it's a ton of work. Like I, my friend of mine, he just finished writing how many, 70, was it 70,000, a hundred some thousand words. And he's like, I'm going to do it in 30 days. Right. So. I'm like, holy smokes, how are you able to do that? So he, you know, he forced himself to do it. But at the end of it, he's like, hey, I'm done. I can now hand it off to the editor and then they can go and, and get it out there. But again, it's it's that journey. Like even um, Seth Godin says, you know, the book that took him to write in two weeks versus the book that took him to write in six months, they're all... It all comes down to what point was he trying to make in the the two books, and he's I think the one he 
the one that sold more <laughs> was the one who finished in less amount of time because he was so much more focused or he didn't have to do as much research. I don't know what it was, but it was a really interesting point that he made. So yeah. thanks, Roman. This was a ton of fun. But before we move on, I do have a few questions before we end this conversation. I love it. Awesome. What is the one hobby that you wish you got into? I wish, so I wish I learned how to play the piano, but I would also say the violin, piano or violin. Basically, a, mm -hmm. like you never hear anyone say like, hey, I learned how to play the piano and that's a useless skill, you know? Like no one's ever disappointed that they learned that. But then you got people who are like, well, I learned how to do this and I, or like, you know, just random stuff like, oh, I play golf and I absolutely hate it. Right. Or mm -hmm. I hunt and that's too expensive of a hobby, but nobody's like, <laughs> oh, I learned the piano and it's just taking it out of me, you know? Yeah. No, piano is, it's uh, it's an amazing tool. It teaches you so much about mathematics and, and patterns and whatnot. And like, I wish I had learned how to play one, you know, at least one type of instrument, but. So I can't play an instrument. I can play the bass guitar because it's Ooh, super nice. easy. It's like four chords, right? And it so like, I can just play like the four chords. It's super easy. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, that's about, that's that's the right. end, beginning and end of my musical talent right there. <laughs> I've actually played the bass. I tried to play play the guitar, but I couldn't figure my figure out my fingers. Yeah, I was like, maybe is. I need a right-handed one because they're all left-handed, right? Yeah. And I'm left-handed. So you'd think I'd have like an advantage. Nope. Not at all. Nope. <laughs> you just got to work that muscle. Yeah. All right. Next one. What did you want to be when you were a child? I always wanted to be in the military from the time that I was little to just the brotherhood, the camaraderie, mm. all of it just always appealed to me being a foster kid. Right. So I always wanted that. And I got to do it and I'm super glad yeah. I did. I mean, I got to jump out of helicopters. I got to work with special operations. I got to see some of the coolest places and some of the worst places on the planet. But mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was everything I thought it would be. Um, there were just a lot of things people didn't tell me. <laughs> well, yes, <laughs> absolutely. All right. Next one up, next one up. What is your favorite movie or TV show? Yeah. So this one was a hard one. See, my wife and I do some of these little things together. This one was mm -hmm. a hard one for me. Um, so we like any of those little crime gritty thrillers. We watch them together. Right. And we're always up for recommendations. So anyone feel free to DM me with any recommendations, but uh, we got super into castle, you know, mm -hmm. and uh, like those kind of shows where they're solving a mystery, but there's like a little bit of like rom-com and just, you know, all of that rolled into one. Yeah. It's, it's like those all-in-one shows. They're like a good little escape. They're funny, but you're like, oh my goodness, who did it, you know? So that's that's kind of us. <laughs> so I'm going to say Die Hard. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, that's uh, Yeah, definitely. That's, that's always up there, and it's happening for the holiday season. Um, but honestly, I think – so my holiday movie used to be Die Hard. I think mm -hmm. it's going to have to switch to Home Alone because we watched it oh, with yes. my son last night. And my son laughed so hard. Like you'd have thought I'd given him the best gift ever by showing him home alone. And he just like the paint cans going down the stairs, like he mm -hmm. woke up in the morning and he was like, let's put paint cans down the stairs. You know, like, it's just so crazy. What's cool is Zach King uh, did a version of home alone on his YouTube channel too. So you check it oh, out. I'm going to check it out. Yeah. All right. Next question. What movie would you choose if you got to play a character in it? Ooh, 
Ooh, that's a good one. I would I would want to pick a war movie, you know, like maybe 13 hours or something. Mm. Some some or even an older school war movie, like Saving Private Ryan or something. Just some kind of movie oh, man, where I could classic. Yeah, where I could kind of be that, but but also hopefully like I would do it justice, right? Because like as a veteran, you watch some of these war movies and you're like, what yeah. in the world is that person doing? Right. Like they've like <laughs> flagged all their buddies or they've never reloaded a magazine, you know, and you're like, what mm-hmm. is going on here? So I kind of hope that I could bring like a little bit of justice, but also portray those people so well, because those were the kind of movies nice. that motivated me when I was a kid. Nice, dude. That's awesome. Now, have you had a chance to see 1917? No, I haven't. It's on the list oh for me God, and my wife dude. to watch. Oh my God. You gotta, you gotta watch this movie on the weekend or, you know, whenever you can, it's, we, we plan to put the, put this baby down for a, for a night yeah. and fire up some popcorn and like, so it's the holidays, right? So we have all the like little Debbie snack cakes, like don't judge nice. me. I'm healthy. Like 10 months out of the year, November, December, it all kind of goes away. Right. Do it. But, do it. but we like the little Christmas tree snacks and watch movies. And that's on our list of, we need to watch this movie. Nice. You're going <laughs> to love it, man. And be sure to let us know after you do see it. You know, yes, definitely. I will definitely tell you what I think. We'll, we'll have to talk about it. Awesome. All right. Next question. Who is your favorite superhero? Ooh, Gambit from X-Men. Hands down. Ooh. Hands down. Little... That's interesting. I was thinking that you were going to pick Captain America. So but... it's funny. I would actually, so the Punisher would probably be my second choice. Oh. The only reason the Punisher is because when I grew up, like, I actually in foster care, there was a guy who kind of mentored me while I was in the housing system. So I was really young and I wasn't mm-hmm. supposed to be in the house with all these older kids. But yeah. The foster care system was really different in the eighties than it is now. So they had kind of nowhere to put me. So that's what they did. And, uh, and so, <laughs> yeah, not, not near as many controls, right? We got to wear seatbelts mm-hmm. and stuff. It's a totally different time. Um, yeah. but, but, um, he was totally into the Punisher and he gave me like a Punisher hat and he would always like sneak me the comics so I could read them. Right. Cause they're like super bad. Like you're not like, you should not be no giving way. these to any kid below the age of like 18. Right. Like these are super yeah. bad. And so like, I'm like eight years old, like reading these comics with a flashlight. So, <laughs> so that one would be another cool one, but yeah, man, the gambits always resonated with me. I just, I don't know. Like the kind you know, of I, attitude. I grew up in an era where I didn't learn about gambit enough. Like man. I didn't grow up in the States. Man, so I didn't know missing. Gambit's powers. You're missing, man. I mean, he's, he's, I might have to go back and watch all the X-Men comics, yeah. you know? I, the, and I was the, so psyched for like a movie about him or something. Cause there was like rumors flying around about it and it never happened, but they've been flying those rumors for at least a decade. Oh, man, easily I, a decade. Know, if, if it happens, if they need somebody to play Gambit, I will <laughs> dye my hair. Like I volunteer, like you're listening, <laughs> right? Like I'm ready. Roman is here. <laughs> Awesome, man. I love it. Last question. If you were a board game, what would it be? <laughs> Two come to mind. Um, I would either be Risk or Monopoly. And if there mm. was a game that mixed war and capitalism together, that would probably be like the perfect board game for me. But War and capitalism. I think that's a new board game. That is. We should totally create it right now, right? <laughs> but, but yes, like that is um, Monopoly because me and my wife – we played it when we first got married and I got super competitive and we had all our friends over and everything. And she was like, loan me some money. And I was like, you don't have any money. Like you can't have any, like, no, like you can't pay me back. And she's like, I'm your wife. And I'm like, not monopoly. Right. So like it gets super heated and, uh, 
risk i've just played that game so many times just leaving the board run like i love those games that you play for like a long time you gotta leave the board up like you're you're constantly having to think through future state mm -hmm. actions right so so yeah i would say monopoly and risk are tied dude you're giving me an idea so i'm, I'm looking at i'm in my mind i'm, I'm you know a bunch of stuff's going on because i've played Catan, mm -hmm. right it's yep, got like some Catan. It's kind of like it's got a little bit of monopoly. There's no money, but there's yeah. like resources. Mm -hmm. But dude, with risk, you can attack. So what if you have monopoly, and if you're at a hotel and you don't have the money, you can just shoot them down. There you go. Right? See, right. like we should totally like like something call it like, like Compton or something, and just like get <laughs> wild with it. Right? Like definitely. Or it or a combination of, of um, John Wick. Yes. You go to the hotel and you're safe. Yes. Like everything else is up for grabs, but this <laughs> one place is safe. Yes. Like, I, I and know. I just think like it'd be kind of, you know, it, it, it'd be kind of a mindless fun in a new way. Like capitalism is something we're always trying to teach, right? Because we want yeah. people to understand entrepreneurship. And I think Monopoly and life are kind of like the capitalism games, but truthfully, I just don't think they're accurate representations of what yeah, it they're is, not. right? And for kids, yeah, no, I get it. It's like a learning step, right? But but yeah, I think inside of capitalism, there is a little bit of war and conflict, mm -hmm. right? Like it, to be more true to, to real world, had risk exactly. had some form of a currency system. And like, you know, yeah. if you took over Austria, you got Austria's money or resources and that kind of like boosted yours right because you could either win by it's kind of like um civilization right you can either win by getting the most money or you can win by just decimating everybody from the map <laughs> exactly and here's my daughter i'm <laughs> muted i guess not muted anymore yeah so dude that was a ton of fun thank you so much for your time my I pleasure love your answers one sec hold on <laughs> I feel you. It's that's me, man. That's I. It happens. It actually happened to me last weekend, or yeah, I was on a I was on a I was on the Industry Explorers podcast. Mm -hmm. My son's like, because <laughs> my office door is like right there around the that's corner. That's right. He's like, <laughs> so, I feel you, man. That's so that's so fun. Yeah, I was on Industry Explorers, and my daughter came and hang out with me. See, like, all right, this, this I, I was going to let him hang out with me, but he like, he would get right here and be like, so it would, it would, it would, <laughs> I know what you like. <laughs> Now she's playing with uh, Bumblebee right now. There you go. All right, man. Thank you so much. Last question of all, you know, where can my audience find you? Yeah. So if you want to know more about consulting and things like that, you can find me at bluesphinxconsulting.com. I try to help businesses improve the way they communicate and give them success through communication. For my podcast, look up Real Talk with Roman, Facebook, Instagram, anywhere else you can find me, Roman Roberts, LinkedIn, all of that. And man, I definitely, the 10 minute episodes, they're short, they're super easy to digest. So highly recommend checking them out. We talk to athletes, authors, uh, actors, like we've talked to everybody and, you know, veterans, people who have gone through sexual trauma, just all these different people to try to give everyone tips to live a better life and it's it's been great so far so fantastic man thank you so much again and have a great one talk to you soon you too man thank you congratulations you made it to the end of the episode thanks so much for listening to our guest on this episode 
please send me an email at junaid at hacksandhobbies.com to tell me what you loved about our guest today. You could find links mentioned in this episode on the hacksandhobbies.com website. 